0: Hey guys, Dane here with the Dark Room Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with co-founder and CEO of Visco, Mr. Joel Flory. Visco is one of the biggest creative companies in the world, giving creatives the access to full self-expression when it comes to tools and community. Joel takes me through the early days of starting Visco while he was still shooting weddings for a living, all while preparing for a launch that would attract users by the millions in the first year. I had a great time talking with Joel about Visco, scaling a creative business, and what creatives need to fully express themselves. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Joel Flory. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Joel, thank you so much for giving me the time. Oh,
1: my pleasure. I'm excited to be on.
0: So uh, I know you're an Oakland guy, and I know you're an Oakland A's guy, but I, I have to say, you look just like a ball player. Has anybody ever told you that? Like, did you play baseball back when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I did through high school and all, but but not much past that.
0: You look like a center fielder.
1: I, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I got to ask. So, why why Oakland? Is that is that where you grew up, or did you end up moving there? You know,
1: later in life. No, born born and raised, born in Fremont. Have lived in uh, San Leandro most of my life, which is a town just next to Oakland, um, and lived and worked in Oakland now uh, for for quite some time.
0: Has there ever, you know, have you have you ever had the itch to to get into the city or you know to oh, go no.
1: go around? No, no, no. you've always just been <laughs> diehard Oakland, the town all the way for sure, dude. I love yeah. that man.
0: That's super cool. So you you started off, you know, before before launching Visco as a photographer. A commercial photographer and I find that so you know just cool and interesting that you know I feel like your life was on a completely different trajectory then and then you know in 2011 like your your whole path kind of shift can you kind of like get into your your days of being a photographer and like what what that looked like when it comes to you know what kind what kind of things you shot and what kind of clients you worked with and all that
1: yeah so um my wife and I actually worked together for, for 10 years. So we ran, um, initially it was called Joel Flory photo. Uh, and then as someone quickly pointed out that it was my wife and I, and so it wasn't just Joel, <laughs> Joel, Joel, Flory photo. Yeah. Uh, and and everyone actually usually loved her images better than mine. Um, uh, we rebranded to Flory photo. Yeah. Um, and a little bit kind of into that rebranding process into Flory photo is actually, um, one of the, Projects I had started working on with uh, my co founder, Greg Luzzi of Visco now. Um, and he did the whole rebrand for Flory Photo. Uh, and that was, a, it was an exciting project to work on. But no, it was, you know, my wife and I predominantly photographed weddings, shot a little over 400 weddings in our time. Wow. Uh, a lot of portraits, uh, did work with kind of record labels, magazines, editorial work, uh, local businesses. Um, but really the heart of our business was photographing weddings.
0: Did it ever get to a point where it became tough? And is that why you, you know, kind of had this idea to, to do something bigger and, and, you know, do something just different when it comes to, you know, creating Visco, or, or did, did it happen kind of organically and naturally, or did you, were you seeking to, to build something for yourself?
1: You know, I was always exploring new ideas. It's something that's just a part of my nature. So, um, you know, being a wedding star, I loved our business. Um, It was definitely something very difficult to walk away from. Yeah. Uh, Mostly loved the people that we got to meet and photograph. But um, no, it was not something that we were really running away from. Um, I was tired. I mean, I think after 400 weddings, 10 years of, of doing something, it was definitely... Um, I'd put a lot in, um, it was taking a toll on my body, Yeah, but no, it was, you know, it was something that we had one daughter at the time and my wife was, uh, ex- was expecting our second. And we also just started thinking that as a wedding photographer, we predominantly work nights, weekends, and summers. And once our kids were in school, um, that was really not going to be conducive to a healthy family. And so, we set out to kind of think of what was next and just explored a variety of ideas. And, uh, VSCO was really what stuck.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like as a creative, <clears throat> you always kind of are, you know, it's not like you're thinking of what's next, but that, that's funny you say that. Cause that's, you know, that's a big theme in my life. And recently I just really, really noticed that and like owned it because every, every other year or every, every few years, I feel like I'm constantly looking for, you know, what, what to do next. And even if it's a completely different medium of creativity, like there's just that spark of interest that, that we always as creatives, I feel like we have, where we just want to grab onto something, you know, I've seen you do that within Visco as well. Cause Visco, you know how it started, you know, after a little bit adding the grid and, and, you know, branching out and scaling and doing different things. So you still kind of held, held that, you know, to you, this whole what's next mentality. But so when you were first starting it out with, um, with Greg, what what were those those early conversations and early blueprints like for Visco?
1: So the the concept and Greg and I would chat all the time. We had shared a lot of similar passions. Um, you know, one was always, "What if we built something for us? Um, what if we built something instead of for a client, um, something that we ourselves would want?" And it was really a discussion around building a brand that people could identify with and feel connected to. We had felt as creatives that there was a lot of products that we were sold, um, but we didn't really have a relationship with with the brand um, or the company. And it was really more of a transaction than it was a relationship. Yeah, And so we really looked to really combine um, our passions of creativity, uh, tools, community, and, you know, Visco was, it stood for visual supply company. Um, we didn't know exactly what we were going to do other than that, really building a relationship with our consumers, uh, building something of values so that people are willing to pay for and building a community.
0: When you guys were creating this, were you still shooting and was Greg, you know, still, still doing creative work as well? Or did you guys cut that off completely to, to really start this launch?
1: So, the the first kind of endeavor of Visco was a workshop in the summer of 2011, um, and from there we launched Visco Film in November of 2011. Um, I still ended up after the day that Visco Film launched; it was the last day I ever booked a wedding. Yeah, but I still still ended up shooting 35 weddings that had already been booked, and so my oh, last no
0: way, wow!
1: My last wedding was August 31st of 2012. Um, at the formerly known as the Awani hotel in, in Yosemite. So it was a great way to go out. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell you at that point of shooting that wedding in in, in August, you know, Visco has, it was in, uh, millions of revenue and, um, 10 plus employees and Greg and I still had, Greg and I were still working our businesses. So Greg was an art director and designer uh, for almost a year. Yeah. So before we were able to walk away completely from everything that we were doing.
0: Well, what I mean, because I know the launch was huge. What was that launch strategy like? Like how, you know, with getting a million downloads, I believe within the first week, which, you know, is just absolutely insane when when just releasing something for the first time. How did you guys go about launching and, you know, getting it in front of as many people as you did?
1: So so technically, um, the, the app portion was a little bit later. And so the first launch was Visco Film, um, which is a product that we no longer sell, but it was a product for uh, Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop. um, is a film emulation tool. And that strategy was entirely, it was a one-page website with, launched off of five tweets. Um, and, and that strategy was... Not so much a strategy of uh, going big, but just getting it out there. Yeah, um, and it was really just picked up by the community uh, as a as an instant success. I mean, it made close to a quarter million dollars in forty eight hours, um, and something that just never stopped growing. Um, you know, yeah, and, and then likewise the the app portion of it was that there was kind of two versions of the app. So we first launched uh, Visco Cam um, in April of 2012. And that was a paid app, right? Um, that strategy was entirely to drive, uh, sales of our desktop product, but almost instantly within a week, we realized that mobile was going to be the future for us. We put aside a lot of the projects we were working on as far as website builder, um, and kind of a more desktop photo tool and put all of our efforts into mobile. And so the app with a million downloads, it's when we launched what was called uh, ViscoCam Cam 2, uh, which did include the community and, and sharing. And that was in June of 2013. Um, and and that was, was a much more robust launch strategy as it related to social media, but also PR. Um, you know, it was picked up by Apple yeah. and promoted. Um, it was highly anticipated... Uh, launch that uh, was really exciting to see the growth and the explosion
0: with Visco Film. Was that one of the first you know presets that you could kind of download and and throw into Lightroom? Because I I don't really remember a lot before that.
1: Oh no, there was a ton. There I were? mean, there's there a lot of amazing preset companies before us. I, you know, I think it was um, that a lot of my career um, was built off of, and I'm so thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kevin Kubata was one of like the original um, <laughs> uh, uh, preset makers.
0: These are um, like the pioneers. This is like, these are like the first, yeah,
1: yeah the first you know, ones D- to do it. Someone that I really looked up to, Doug Bootwell, totally rad actions was someone that had built a great kind of preset company to um, off of that. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think there was a lot of people doing presets, how we went about it. So it was actually beyond presets. We, um, our, our team and Zach Hodges, who was one of the founding five here at Visco, like he had helped, uh, we kind of hacked Adobe's Camera Raw profiles to create a film emulation tool that went beyond just a preset and sliders, but was actually creating a custom camera profile. Um, and mapping then a specific film stock to a specific camera's file. Okay. So there's a there's a lot more kind of native um, and lossless editing. The speed was amazing, and, and the the functionality and results were just you know for most photographers, myself included, was kind of that one click. Whoa. Yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, it was definitely. I think we took it to the next level, but it was we were definitely by, by no means the first player in the preset space.
0: Yeah, well, because like you were saying, you know, you were emulating these these film cameras that that no I, no one had seen those before. I feel like right, like that was the really really great thing behind the very early Visco film is with that one click you could you know transport your digital file back to you know something that would come out in the forties, fifties, sixties, something from film, something very
1: old. Yeah, you know it was I think there was still a lot that had that had worked on it. Another one that I forgot to mention that it was kind of an earlier pioneer is a company called Alien Skin um, that I used to. And I think it was just we we took it to another level with how we went about it. Um and the quality and results um, were very noticeable. Right. It was no longer kind of exporting an image uh, to compress it as a JPEG to add something on top of it to then reimport it. Um, and, and the workflow piece of it was also a big deal. Like it really sped up people's workflow. Um, and I think it was a, it was an instant success as far as, you know, people just tried it, used it, loved it. Yeah. And and we really rode that.
0: So with, with that instant success and with, you know, this gigantic amount of users coming in, did you guys have any hurdles to to jump through and things to tweak and fix in real time that, you know, could have been a bumpy road? Like, did was it all, you know, easy from the get-go or did you have to kind of bounce around and, and audible when it got crazy?
1: Oh man, I mean, there's so many things that, that went wrong or that could have been done better. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh... I think anyone that says otherwise in any business that they're launching is, you know, I, well, yeah, I don't think there's they're telling the truth um, because I think there's a lot of a lot of learnings especially I should say that for a first time entrepreneur. I mean this was this was really our first time into this space. We had never done anything like it before. Um, you know, our credit card processing company at the time First Data impounded all of the money we were making and held it for almost seven months before we were able to get access to it. So had we not been accepting PayPal payments, for example, we probably would never have gotten off the ground. Wow! Um, So very thankful for PayPal and that. Um, And nowadays there's a lot of great tools for developers and entrepreneurs to handle payment processing, but there just weren't many options uh, when we launched Visco. That's just one of the many I mean, we could go by like <laughs> on a month, we could go on a monthly basis of difficult lessons learned or hurdles overcome. Um, you know, there's just a lot to learn. And I think uh, the important thing to kind of, that I've found over this time is you have to have a growth mindset when faced with those challenges. You can't just give up or say, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be, or, you know, I just don't know what I'm doing. You have to find a way you have to learn, listen to others, yeah. uh, be willing to take feedback, Um, ask others for help, which is a humbling thing. I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to have it all together and have all the answers. But for for me, the lesson learned very early was that I did not have it all together. I did not know everything. And the best way to do that was to surround myself with people that did have answers and to ask for help.
0: Yeah, you know, was that, kind of the best way that you were able to transition from full-time photographer to, to CEO? Was it the people that you surrounded yourself with? Was it books? You know, are there, are there any other kind of things and lessons that you learned along the way that helped you that maybe wouldn't have otherwise?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the, the team around me um, was really the the most critical piece for sure. Uh, I could never have done it without the people that helped launch Visco um, and continue to build it. Um, you know, my co-founder Greg and I really build off of each other. We support each other and, you know, we have a lot of similarities, but we also have very unique uh complementary strengths. Yeah. Um, so that was great to work together. Also surround myself with a lot of advisors, so maybe technically individuals that did not work at Disco but were um a part of an advisory board that I would go to for, you know, advice on specific subjects. Uh, I read, and I do read a lot. So I read almost about a book a week right now. I'm a huge Audible fan. Uh, listen at 1.75x, um, and you know that's a big piece. And then probably the last one I would throw out there is is my wife because it is you know, and also in running the photo business, could have never done it without her. I never would have been able to launch Visco without her and her support, as well as she's really a, a a voice of reason to me. Like a lot of times, I'll go home and bring the most difficult, challenging things that I'm wrestling with. Yeah. For and, the entire and her, day. <laughs> She'll solve yeah, it in two and, minutes. And, <laughs> and she is, she's like one question or sometimes <laughs> even just a look of, she, you know, just that look she gives me of like, you're really struggling with that yeah. and you realize I shouldn't be, I got it. I know the answer. Um, and so, yeah, she's definitely a key piece.
0: Yeah. No, I feel like that's important. Cause you, you know, you get in your own head and, and, it's tough to tough to make those decisions. And, and sometimes, you know, whether it's a wife or maybe even just an advisor or, or, you know, someone that just knows, you know, knows the business a bit, they might, they might have the answer right there. And it was, you know, it was right in front of you the whole time. Uh, so when, uh, when the app started to get big, um, I believe Instagram was definitely out then, right? Instagram was out for a couple of years before that. Uh,
1: Instagram launched about a year
0: before, a year yeah. before. Okay. Um what did you see when it comes to the integration through Instagram? How did you see that platform help Visco grow? Um if at all?
1: So initially within Visco, we did not have our own built-in community. And so you would take a photo, edit it, and share it right. out to another platform. And so, you know, for us, it's always been about the people we're serving, it's always been about um, our community of creators and with that you know we were seeing this content created and we saw two insights uh, as we would look through the content off the hashtag uh, visco and visco cam mm-hmm. um, you know we'd curate our photos um, we'd highlight them on a weekly basis which were the, called the weekly selects but out of that the team would curate about 100 photos and publish 12 of the 100 photos we noticed two things one about 80, 85 of the images were from people outside the U S and to this day, you know, Visco is roughly 80% outside of the U S A truly global company. Yeah. Um, and even on the, on the payment side for now, with our subscription, uh, our Visco membership, you know, north of 60% are outside of the U S, uh, from a from a member basis. Um, the other thing that we noticed was about ninety to ninety five of the images were from people with less than five hundred followers on their respective platforms and we realized that there was a community of great content that just wasn't being discovered because it wasn't popular
0: right
1: and that was one of the really key insights that we went in creating you know our own community within uh, within the app and an ability to share uh, to be seen um, to really judge a piece. To, to judge a piece of work, not so much by how popular the piece, or the image was, or the photographer was, but does it mean something to you? Do you find value in it? Um, really ensuring that there was no public likes or comments, um, and they definitely the tally of those numbers weren't attached to the image as a sign of value. Um, these were all kind of key insights that led to building what Visco is today.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, your guys' decision to not show likes or comments, uh, I feel like that's a really big big deal now, uh, especially in the last year with Instagram getting, you know, kind of a lot of heat for, for just, you know, the psych, not even just Instagram, but, you know, social media with the psychology behind likes and status and, and, you know, thinking that that shows worth, you know, when you guys were, were having those conversations, was there any doubt that that would be how you guys did it? Or did you know that from early on?
1: No, I mean, we, from very early on, you know, we've had kind of four guiding principles about the business that we built. One was that the creator always has to win. Whatever we do needs to be in the best interest of serving the creator. Two, the community always has to win. We need to build something of value in which the community finds value in it. Um, three, whoever's paying us needs to win. And we fundamentally believe we need to build something that people are willing to pay for. That is the business model that we set out to build of a direct relationship to the consumer for someone that was willing to pay. Yeah. And finally, Visco had to win. And if we could come up with ideas, a structure, a business in which all four of those were true, we believe that was the model that we wanted to run after. And, and this model of no public likes or comments, we saw the impact very early on that it was having predominantly to professional photographers who were no longer sharing what they wanted to share, but sharing what they felt needed to be shared in right. order to ensure engagement because their day rates were being Um, set by the amount of engagement they could guarantee on these social platforms. So we saw that trend very early on. And I think what we then saw was, you know, a predominant amount of, you know, the youth were also feeling this pressure and anxiety um, about how they were presenting themselves on these platforms that they too wanted a safe space where they could be who they were, where they could share what they wanted to, when they wanted to, um, and really... There's this dichotomy we we see of this split where so many people feel that they need to present themselves in an aspirational way. So they'll say, on other platforms, it's how I want or hope the world sees me. Yeah, totally. And on Visco, it's where I can share how I see the world. Um, because our vision is a is a world in which creative differences are celebrated. In order for that to take place, people need to be able to share who they are. They need to be shared share how they see the world. And so that's a really critical piece that went into the insight of everything that we do at Visco, um, because it's all like every single thing that we do and have done has been in service of our mission and that missions to help everybody fall in love with their own creativity. Uh, we believe it is something that is so critical that it creativity is not just for the, the those that I self identify as a creative but it's actually for everybody. It's a part of how we express ourselves, how we express what we see in the world and our mission is to help everybody fall in love with their own creativity.
0: Yeah, and what what's so cool about Visco is, you know, you said it earlier, but not only are you know full-time freelancers and and commercial photographers and, and and you know people shooting for a living using Visco to help you know them in their careers, but you know a massive which you said I'm sorry did you just say ninety percent or eighty five percent that are you know under either five hundred followers or just not you know not commercial photographers per se, which really goes to show that given the tools and given you know something like Visco, you can inspire and, and ignite this creativity in people that they want to have that voice. And whether that gets out to 10 people or a hundred thousand or a million people, you know, given the tools, it, it's important to to give people, you know, that that way to express themselves.
1: Yeah. We're we are no longer looking at the follower counts of people on other platforms, but um, you know, today 75% of those on disco are under the age of 25. Yeah. It is it is, and, and as we talk to as we talk to our community, um, they're no longer saying I'm a photographer or I'm a designer. They're saying I make stuff. I express myself, um, and our, we're really interested in creating what's next for who's next. Yeah how do we how do we think about it beyond just you know photography or video or designer illustration or audio? How do we think about it as a means of expression? And combining all of those uh, mediums in order to create something that someone is able to share that expresses how they see the world.
0: So, when it comes to video, what is some of the early uh, Visco, you know, video technology that you guys started to put out, and what does it look like right now?
1: Within the app, the first feature technically that we launched is we had actually launched a separate app called Disco, uh, and this was an animated GIF app. Uh, we've since introduced that into iOS in the Capture. So if you open up the camera within the app, uh, you'll see ability to swipe over and create a disco. Um, but really as of late, uh, we're looking to be building value into our membership. And so last year uh, we launched the ability to use a majority of the tools within the app on your videos in your camera roll um, on both iOS and Android uh, for members. Um, and we're really looking to continue to build upon that. And so today it's pretty pretty simple, but it's really a great feature that a lot of people love. Um, and, you know, being able to apply all the amazing uh, presets that we have within the app, as well as utilizing a lot of the great tools that we have to add to your videos. Um, but we're looking to kind of really uh, take that to the next level.
0: I feel like I've seen most uh, most of the big photographers that at least I follow and you know even myself included when it comes to to jumping into video. as a photographer, video kind of comes second nature. Do you see that, that or have you seen that once you guys started to put out tools for video, that uh, a lot of your your you know current customers that are purely photography have kind of jumped on board and have you seen like a big flux of, of video creators in the last year or so?
1: You know, again, though, I kind of go back to it. It's not really a different person. It's just another tool given, um, you know, to a creator to express themselves. And and I think for the majority of our community, they're creating a variety of styles and and contents and using whatever they do have access to uh, to express themselves. And video is not just the capture as we look at it, but also um, the kind of media container of how content shared. So how do you bring together photos and text and audio uh, and video into an output that could be video? So these are all things that we're exploring that we're really excited about.
0: Cool man. So uh today is disco office. What what does the team look like and in- you know, I, I saw you in an interview recently talking about how, you know, your designers or you know, they all have the title designer and you don't put them in different categories. And do you have that kind of culture in the office? Like, you know, what, what does the Visco office look like?
1: Um, you know, today we, we are headquartered in Oakland. Uh, we're a little over um, 120 employees now and growing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, we're really scaling and building the team. If you go to visco.co. Slash careers you'll you'll see a lot of openings. So for anyone that's listening that's looking for their for their next role, um, we would love to have you come join us at DISCO. So definitely apply online. And yeah, I mean it's you know continuing to grow across the board, not just in design, but in engineering and in finance and marketing uh, and kind of really across the board in a variety of areas.
0: Over the last what would it be 8 years now how have you guys found that or you you specifically found that you know scaling a business scaling a team what you know what are some of the fundamentals that you guys have really tried to to tackle
1: you know there's a lot and I think we could spend the entire podcast kind of really talking about this cuz I think there's a there's a lot both about the what which I think is what the majority of people focus on like what you build, how you build it um, and and kind of the processes around that. But at Visco we talk a lot about the how is equally important to the what. So the soft skills, how we treat each other, how we communicate. Um, There's a great book by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage that really kind of goes out to say like, it's not technology, but it's how we work, how we, our organizational health is really a company's true strategic advantage And we really believe that here at Visco. So really focused and rooted um, in a set of uh, values that we continue to uphold. But then also really looking for when we hire people at Visco, we're not looking for culture fits. Rather, we're looking for culture ads. Um, Really fundamentally believe that our culture needs to evolve over time. And the best way for us to grow the business and to grow the culture is to hire people with. Unique experiences that bring something new to the table, and are able to share that and create an environment in which they can thrive and then do their best work. So that's an overwhelming majority of my focus is first hiring, building the team, and then two, growing the team. Like how do we work together? Yeah,
0: and you know, I've I've heard you say as well that you're a fan of essentialism by Greg McKeown. and, and uh, you strike me as someone too who might might you know be into minimalism a bit. Um, but going back to essentialism, you know how how have you kind of taken principles of essentialism and, and maybe minimalism, and, and you know brought that into the culture at Visco, or maybe even just brought that into you know how you like to work and perform as a CEO.
1: So something that I like to talk about a lot is just being intentional. Uh, one of our values is do it right. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And what I mean by that is that you can't do everything. And I think, especially for an entrepreneur, or really anyone in life, there's so many things that need to be done. There's so many ways that we can spend our time. And as it relates to essentialism, you know, a lot of the practice that I put into place was just really finding focus. Like, what is it that I'm going to focus on? So first, I take care of myself. Um, then once I've taken care of myself, both kind of from a health, fitness, uh, sleep perspective, yeah. uh, mindfulness then I take care of my family. And so for my wife and daughters, this is absolutely critical. We look at a quantity of quality time in which the four of us are together. And then and only then can I show up to Visco to be my best self. And so from that perspective, that's that focus in order of priority is how I operate my life. And then I mentioned it of kind of what I do at Visco. I mentioned initially build the team and then grow the team. Uh, I work on setting the vision, kind of um, where are we going um and then telling the story uh why what is our mission? why does it matter, and what are we doing in order to help accomplish our mission? I focus on these four things um if it's not one of these four things, if something comes up, I either delegate it to someone else or I say no um and so it's been a big 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 piece for me and just my well being is to really know what it is that I'm focusing on and what I'm not,
0: yeah. And, you know, going back to, to saying no, I feel like that's such a, it can be such a big thing when it comes to, you know, kind of shaping a, a lifestyle for yourself or shaping a business or shaping a personal brand. But, you know, saying no is, is huge. And, you know, i my, I'm myself, I'm so bad at it. Right. And I'm trying to find this place where it feels comfortable, but it, it also, you know, it, it's, it's good for me to, you know, say that. And it's, it's just so hard. Have you had any, any struggles with saying no? Did you figure out any ways to kind of get over that hurdle and, and, you know, use it as an effective tool for your business?
1: Well, I mean, this is something that I struggle with on a daily basis. Um, and I think everyone really does, uh, over time I've become more disciplined at it and I feel that I have done a better job, but I still have a long way to go. And I think this is saying no, both from a business perspective. Um, you know, we've been faced with a lot of great opportunities and we've, We've made some bets that while I understand you know, the logic and why we did them, in reality, the lack of focus uh, has really come back to bite us. And it's only now that with the hyper focus of our business around our membership that we've seen great growth. And it's because that membership is in true alignment with our mission, um, building something of value that someone's willing to pay for, building a relationship with them, and then over time, continuing to deliver that value. Um, and so it's less about a transaction and it's more about a relationship through our membership, which we're really excited about. Uh, because now all 120 people at Visco are focused on delivering value for our membership. Um, there's not the kind of these competing priorities around other things to be working on at business in our business. And this is what's happened over time. I talked about why we're no longer working on Visco film. Yeah. Um, you know, we had built a product called Visco Keys and open sourced that after time because we realized it was something that uh, we shouldn't be focusing on. Um, so I do think that's a, it's an art to like really hone in on what matters most and to focus on that. Um, and the more that you can say no and delegate, um, the better off you'll be.
0: Yeah. I dig that, man. Do you ever get time to go out and shoot still?
1: Oh, you know, I, I'm always shooting. I don't think it's something that you ever stop doing. Um, I, I'm not going out and doing shoots as like a paid gig. No more weddings Um, for you. Yeah no no I will I will I will never photograph another wedding yeah and, and there's so many amazing photographers out there I think it's another part I've always been inspired by the community of photographers it's what I you know I love the people that I got to meet and work with uh, as far as clients go or the couples that we got to shoot their weddings but I loved the amazing community that was built around photography in the early and mid 2000s it was kind of these pioneering days of, of building community up until that point, it had kind of been this like walled garden. No one shared what they were doing. Right. Um, I remember David J created this uh, forum open open source photo. I think it was. Um, And I just remember it was like the first time in this like forum, like sharing what was working or not working in a business. And it was just this like amazing shift in my life and in my business. Um, And I just, you know, look upon that time fondly.
0: What's next is a is a tough question because I guess you'll never really know what's next for Visco in the next few years. But in the short term, you know, like this year, what what kind of tools, uh, if you can even talk about them, are are you know going to be coming out or, or things that you guys are working on currently?
1: Yeah. So we are hyper focused on delivering value to our members, uh, both those that are currently members and those in the future that will become members. Um, and a lot of it, what I talked about was around, you know, thinking about how to, uh, the freedom to express oneself, however you choose, because I think it, in the past, like some of our tools have been a little more confining or restrictive, and we're looking at ways that we can, um, kind of break that apart and give these new opportunities for people to express themselves in new creative ways. So that's a large part of our focus, as well as just creating better accessibility, um, uh, both on iOS and Android, um, and creating more opportunities from a membership perspective um, or new offerings, if you will, through our membership that uh, people find value in.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, the, you know, 2019 creators on Instagram and, and, you know, just what's been happening with that, you know, it almost makes it really attractive to to jump over to a community like Visco if you already aren't a part of it. And if you are not a part of it, I would, you know, recommend you if you're listening to to you know browse Visco and, and really get a sense for the community because it is so different and it's so real and it just feels very uh very very organic like you know social media should be.
1: Well, you know, for us it's not an either or. Uh, we're not out to kind of say you shouldn't be on other platforms. You should only be on Visco. Um it kind of goes back to it really is our mission and our purpose of our community is to help everybody fall in love with their own creativity. Um, everything that we do is in service of creation um, and accomplishing that mission. And I think it's just very purposeful of what we're doing. And it's very intentional. And so hopefully, as you or anyone else kind of really goes and explores, it's, it's less about what others are doing. And it's more about you and your journey that you're on um, to find your voice and express yourself.
0: Joel, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you giving me the time and and coming on and and talking about Visco and the history and, you know, everything. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Can you let people know how to uh, find Visco?
1: Yeah. Best way is to go to both either uh, the iOS app store or Google play store. Um, Just type in VSCO, uh, download the app and take a look. And you can also find us on pretty much all other social media platforms at VSCO.
0: Awesome. Joel, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Have a great
0: one. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that episode with Joel. Uh, You can find Visco on the App Store. You know, it's a a tool that I have had for, gosh, a long time in my phone, in my arsenal. And uh, it's been fun. I had a really good time chatting with Joel. Really appreciate you guys. And oh yeah, so we are going to take a week off. So next Thursday, there will be no episode, but the Thursday after, there will be an episode. Uh, So yeah, in that time, you guys have all the time in the world now to go back and listen to episodes you have not listened to yet. Uh, If you're caught up, I really thank you. We all on the Darkroom squad, thank you very much. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I think you can do it on, uh, can you do it on Spotify? I have no idea about these things. Well, anyways, all right. So we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you guys, appreciate you. You can find us at Darkroom on Instagram. You can find me at Dane Diener, and we will see you guys in two weeks.